Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. The finale of our running back props series here on the prospects and props podcast chris schubert jamie eisner back with you here once again on the show the last chapter for us with running backs but we still have a whole host of names for us to discuss here on the show today and i will tell you i don't want to do the show before the show but earlier today jamie sent me the list of the wide receivers that we're going to do for this show and we might be here for the next three months that is how many wide receivers we have there are five groups of wide receivers that we're going to discuss so this prop series while the running backs end today, the overall series continues tomorrow as we will move into the wide receiver series. But let's not put the cart in front of the horse, Jamie. Let's start talking about the last group of running backs that we have. And let's talk about a guy in Austin Eckler, the first name up for us to discuss here today. 810 and a half yards is the yardage number with eight and a half on the touchdowns. And you know I love to provide the uh, the historical context here. And it has been the last two seasons in which Austin Eckler has reached this number, 915 and 911 yards each of the last two seasons. Uh, the touchdowns each of the last two years have been the years in which he's gotten this, 13 touchdowns and 12 touchdowns each of the last two years. Before that, the first four years of his career didn't hit either of these numbers. And honestly, wasn't really close to hitting either of these numbers. So this eight, ten and a half, this eight and a half touchdown is a bet on him being close to what he has been the last two seasons in 2021 and 2022. And Jamie, overall, I look at this and I think Austin Eckler is still the player that we all thought he has been over the last two years. I don't see a huge statistical drop off coming for him. I look at the offensive coach that has been brought in to run this offense. I think that is a positive for Austin Eckler. I don't know if we're cartwheeling. I don't know if we're running. I haven't decided yet. But I think I like both of these numbers, considering the context for Austin Eckler, who I didn't think was going to be a charger entering the 2023 season. Yeah, I actually like both of these numbers. And Austin Eckler, it's been very interesting because he has been used more as a pure runner these last couple of years in the pre- previous seasons because everybody remembers the pass catching upside. And obviously he still has that. But he had that 92 catch season in 2019 that really got everybody's attention. And then I get 127 I just, targets. I was just going to say 107 catches last year, Jamie. Don't yeah. don't discount the passing numbers well, for Austin Eckler. Trust me, I am not. But as a runner, he has had a much larger usage the last couple of years, and particularly in the red zone as well. If you remember earlier in his career, there was a lot of clamoring from Chargers fans and fantasy managers about him getting chances to score rushing touchdowns. Has not been a problem for him the last two years. You know, as I look at his projections, I haven't projected to get the the most carries of his career this year, 232. And I think he's going to have the first 1,000-yard rushing season of his career on top of that. I haven't projected for 1,041 rushing yards and 11 and a half rushing touchdowns this year. And I think a big reason why is you look at Kellen Moore coming over, and obviously we know how much Dallas loved to throw the ball. But they ran the ball pretty significantly as well. And I don't think that's going to change with more going over to Los Angeles this year. And let's be honest, quite frankly, who is going to steal touches from him in that backfield? And if you're not going to sign him long term, what's your incentive to not just load him up and use him as much as humanly possible for a Chargers team that absolutely has to do something uh, to be in Super Bowl contention this year, given the talent that they have, despite the division that they're in? So. I really like both of these numbers, and and I think he will soar past both uh, if he is relatively healthy this year. 
Let me add one more thing to this before we'll move on to the next guy, Jamie, and that is we've had a lot of conversations over the last couple of days when doing this, and and, uh, Alexander Madison is the name that comes to mind that emphasizes this conversation, but this idea of an an increased workload automatically means a doubling or an increase in your production, right? And we have been cautionary in doing that with Alexander Madison. Well, Austin Eckler is the case study for how it worked out. Because Austin Eckler in 2019 and 2020 had 132 and 116 yards effectively in both of those seasons. His yards per attempt in 2019 was 4.2, and his yards per attempt in 2020 was 4.6. He then increased his workload to over 200 carries each of the last two seasons, which is close. It's not a apples to apples, but it's 70, 80, 90 more carries than what he did in those two years. And his yards per attempt, 4.4 and 4.5 over the last two seasons. So it stayed relatively similar to the output with the increased workload. So you don't worry about the idea of him being utilized more because we've seen it. He has added some, he's at, he went from 116 in 2020 to 206, almost 100 carries more. And his yards per attempt only went from 4.6 to 4.4. Yeah. And again, we're not projecting him to get like a massive difference. He's at 206, 204, and I'm at 232. But what so, I'm I mean, saying is the jump, that, the, ge- the jump yes. that you have him making is not as big of a jump as we've seen him make from season yes. to season. So that's a positive sign for Austin Eckler, in my opinion. Absolutely. And obviously, this is only one element of his game. The rushing totals in particular. Obviously, he is. I mean, is he not the premier pass catching back in the league right now? Is he not the premier pass catching back in the league right now? He asks. I mean, Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. Would be in the conversation. Um, Absolutely, he would be. Those are the two, right? Like Travis Etienne, maybe. Not in that tier. I think it's McCaffrey and Jameer Eckler. Gibbs potentially by the time the season's Maybe, over. But we got to see. Sure. But, I mean, it's McCaffrey and Eckler in a tier of their own in terms of pass catching backs. I would agree. I would agree with that statement. In terms of just pure production, like yeah. you can talk about talent upside, all that, but pure production wise, McCaffrey and Eckler uh, are blowing the field out of the water. Uh, Joe Mixon, the next running back for us to discuss here on still the on show. The still on the Bengals. Still on the. Just like Austin Eckler was surprised that he's still on the Chargers. Surprised Joe Mixon is still on the Bengals. Uh, 825 and a half on the yards, seven and a half on the touchdowns. And Jamie, I mean, Joe Mixon's career is a tale. Uh, it's a roller coaster ride. It is ups and downs and the numbers bounce uh, all over the place. Last season, 814 yards and seven touchdowns. So basically they're taking those numbers and making those, making that his line for, for this season. But the year prior, 1200 yards on the ground, 13 touchdowns, 2020 only played in six games. I had 428 yards and three touchdowns and then had back-to-back thousand yard seasons in 2018 and 2019. So uh, effectively in seasons where he's been primarily healthy and has played double digit games, he's basically been a thousand yard rusher game. If you exclude his rookie season and then last year when he missed two games, but the last two seasons he played 16 or more games, he was an 1100 yard rusher at a minimum and he had 13 touchdowns two years ago. This is close because it is a up and down roller coaster with Joe Mixon as a running back. Um, Health has been a question mark. Over his career, the usage has been a question mark in his career, how they utilize him. Um, so I might just stay away from it from that regard, but I don't think these numbers are outlandish. No, they're, they're really not at all. And I have him going slightly over on both of them. Like my projections have him at 933 yards and, and 9.25 touchdowns. But it is interesting because if you look at the way he was used last year, it was finally the year where he got leaned on fairly heavily as a pass catcher. You know, set career highs in targets of 75, catches with 60 receiving yards of 441. Uh, and, and so they used him in that role and they gave him the fewest amount of carries he's had in a full season or full ish season since his rookie year. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, cause you, you go back to 2018, 2019, you know, 237, 278, and then he had 292 carries uh, in 2021 in his only pro bowl season. And I, I think for me, the difference is, is I, I don't see him getting back into that 260, 270, 292 range in terms of carries going forward. I think he's going to be somewhere, you know, probably close to that 2018 number somewhere in the two thirties is kind of where I have him there. And I don't think he's quite going to get enough to be a thousand yard rusher because I think the other dirty little secret is he hasn't really been that effective in terms of efficiency as a rusher in his career. His multifaceted usage is really what's kind of put him on the radar. Uh, And I'd argue that he's probably a better fantasy running back than a real life running back uh, in my opinion as well. But I still think he has the ability to get the, this uh, these yards with the amount of work he's going to get inside of that offense. So I get you wanting to stay away, and these are not ones that, again, we only have a limited amount of capital that each of us can could spend on these prop bets, and it's not one of those ones where he's clearing it by enough that I'm running to the window. But uh, I do think this is a fairly conservative, safe line that has been set by the odds makers here. All right, Jamie, I think this next guy is going to be a very fun conversation because I have some additional information that I want to share uh, with the listeners for this for this player. And that's Kenneth Walker of the Seattle Seahawks. His number is nine hundred and fifty and a half on the yard, seven and a half on the touchdowns. Now, last year, uh, it was it was a thousand yard season, a thousand fifty yards on the ground and nine touchdowns. We cleared this last season. I think the things you'd be concerned about are the idea that they brought Zach Charbonnet, they brought Kenny McIntosh in via the draft into this room. We know Seattle likes to use multiple running backs. The fact that they invested some top-end draft capital into a backup running back means that Kenneth Walker might not take off into a workhorse-style role where he's getting all of the carries. It might be a split. I found this tweet when doing some research for the show back from June 26th, a reporter for the Seahawks. You say that like that was like months ago. It feels like because of how many episodes like we recorded ahead of your vacation, it feels like months ago. <laughs> All the way, I found this. I did some. I d- dug deep, and two and a half weeks ago, I found this tweet. I was. A, I okay. just saw it, and it was a uh, Seahawks reporter, um, Corbin Smith, who was on Sirius XM Fantasy. Now that it doesn't yes. necessarily matter for what we're doing here, but I think the quote itself is going to be important. Quote: mm-hmm. I think it's safe to assume that Kenneth Walker will see 17 touches per game this season. Now, 17 touches was his 2022 average. So you have that information from a reporter who covers the team saying that he's going to have a similar workload to the workload he had last year that outputted a thousand yard season with nine touchdowns. Then there's the other side of me that goes, they added Zach Charbonnet and Kenny McIntosh in the draft. And then there's a third side of me that has pointed this out at every turn. I've had the opportunity to to talk about it. They're going to run the ball a bajillion times because that's who they are as, as a team and attempting to take all that information and put it together and try to figure out what it all means is very difficult. How many sides of you are there? Just three? Well, for this, it's a triangle. Yeah, there's three sides. Okay. Are you uh, you're definitely not an acute triangle? Um, all right. So I did some. That's the lamest math. joke you've ever told on this show. Funny, but uh, lamest sure, joke you've ever I'm told. I'm sure on this show. it's not. I, oh, the I, Ma- I, no, the Matt Belarus one is probably the worst one you've ever. Yeah, heard. that one. Not, that one I, still plays in the TD and Premium Discord. They are still making really? fun of you for that weeks later. That's great. Uh, so in my projections, I have them down for 15.93 touches per game. So that that's so let's just say 16. Okay, for, so, for so I think this is very, very important. You have a lower output in terms of carries per game than he had last year. Well, this is to- total touches, but yes, I mean, I I think I have like 28 catches. So obviously, it's not gonna be a huge part of his game. But yes, a little bit lower than last. year. So do you still have him beating these numbers? I do. 
Um, and I, I think again, it, it's it's small, but I think there's a lot of things working in Walker's favor. And and I know everybody's worried about Charbonnet, but I, I think if you look back at the way the Seahawks offenses have run for pretty much the post Marshawn Lynch era, and we have seen them use multiple backs effectively and early and often. And we've seen it again, they've had some health issues along the way. So we rarely have seen, you know, we haven't really seen a full season of two backs, but whether it was Chris Carson and Rashad Penny or uh, I mean, Chris Carson and others. And we have seen different Travis guys Homer. come in. Travis, well, yeah, Travis Homer is a pass catching and DJ Dallas is a pass catcher. And uh, there, there's been different combinations of guys, but they've been able to have success. And there's been able to have, even when both guys were on the field, like the brief time we saw both Carson and Penny on the field together, there's been opportunities for them to get plenty of carries. And I think that's what's going to happen here with Kenneth Walker being the clear RB1. I think Zach Charbonnet is going to be the clear change of pace back. And I believe DJ Dallas will come in on third and obvious and third and long passing situations. And I think that's the, but that's been kind of consistent with the way that Seattle has used their running back group really throughout the season. And, and so for me, I have Kenneth Walker, uh, at 242 carries, I've been getting a little over 1,100 rushing yards and nine and a half touchdowns. So again, it's not it's not a huge, huge jump over what these numbers are, but I think I feel pretty confident that he's going to go over both as long as he's healthy. I don't project this This is going to be a 50-50 split. No. I don't think this is going to be a, a, a conversation where we're going like, oh no, Kenneth Walker's losing his job. I think Kenneth Walker's going to be given the opportunity to get in the team, the middle of teams in touches every single game most of those being carries. I imagine he's going to be in the, you know, one or two catches per game park, but you know, he's going to be in that 14, 15 carries a game, every single game. And I can also see him riding the hot hand sometimes and him getting 24, 25, 26 carries. And I think there's actually even more upside here than what I projected. So I think the Charbonnet concern is already baked into these numbers. And I think it's been overstated in these numbers. If you believe Kenneth Walker is going to stay healthy this year, I see no reason why he will not get enough workload, even with Charbonnet in the backfield uh, to get you a thousand yards. Jamie. I think we've got our first cartwheel to the podium of the show. Oh yeah. You love this guy. The next guy we're going to talk about Damian Pierce running back for the Houston Texans. Nine hundred and a half on the yards, yeah, five and a half on the touchdowns. Jamie, my guy, it's in all you, man. Thirteen games last year. It's all you. Thirteen games last year, had a season-ending ankle injury. He missed yep. the last four games of the season. Four games played in thirteen games. I just want to remind everybody: he missed four games. Only played in thirteen. Did you need me to tell you one more time? He missed four games last year. You gonna do it a third time? Okay. He had 939 rushing yards. He was going to be a thousand yard rusher as a rookie in 14 games. And I don't want to hear that all oh, the Houston Texans are going to be bad, so they're not going to run the ball a ton. The Houston Texans were not very good in 2022. And they ran the ball 220 times with Damian Pierce, and he almost was a thousand yard rusher. And I know the type of offense that they're going to run there in San Francisco. So there's going to be opportunity for Damian Pierce to run the ball. I don't see any reason why Damian Pierce cannot beat these numbers in 2023 and be a 1,000-yard rusher. Now, I'm not going to bet on the touchdowns. Five and a half touchdowns, he had four last year. I'm going to stay away from that. But from a yards perspective, I think Damian Pierce can be a 1,000-yard rusher next season. Cartwheels. I have him at 999. Um, so you have him as a thousand yard rusher. Welcome. Come on over. Yes. 
but I don't feel great enough to, to bet on this because I look, I do think he's going to run a little bit more. I have him at 227 carries this year. Uh, but despite what you say, Chris, uh, them being terrible does matter. Um, and I think them being terrible with a quarterback that they want to throw the ball with, they were terrible change, last the, change year. the math a little bit. They were terrible, know, they last, were terrible year. last year with Davis Mills. I think they're going to want to give CJ Stroud the opportunity to throw more when they're terrible. You know what I mean? Like there are times when the Texans were still running the ball when they were down three scores. I, I think that's going to change a little bit. Um, I also think the addition of Devin Singletary is, is a better piece in the backfield than Houston had last year. Again, I still believe he's going to flirt with a thousand yards. I don't think he gets to five and a half touchdowns, by the way. I have him at 4.2 touchdowns. Uh, just again, team's not very good. I like this. This is one that you can take. You, you're not going to have to worry about me Love snagging that. from you in our, in our draft. Love you can that take for this me. one because I do have some, some other concerns there, but uh, I, I do think the yardage is a little, feels a little low, but like, Again, I, I can't – 999.4.2 for me versus 905.5. I think these are fine. I think these lines are fine. This is a stay away for me. Speaking of stay aways, I don't know what to do with this next guy. Yeah, man. The Bucks are uh... – Rashad White running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 615.5 on the yards, 4.5 on the touchdowns. Last year for Rashad White in his 2022 campaign, 481 yards on the ground and one touchdown. I mean, Jamie, you talked about – being bad, impacting a running back's output. The Bucks are going to be one of the worst teams in football. Yeah, I. This has to be a I stay know. away. It you have if you you need to be consistent in your principles. If Damian Pierce was a stay away, Rashad White needs to be a stay away. Yes, the difference in my principles is six hundred and fifty yards is different than nine hundred yards. Fair enough. Um, I probably stay away, but I think he got. I mean, I have him projected for eight hundred seven yards. And 3.2 touchdowns. How many carries? So I don't think he gets there for the touchdowns. Carries, I have him at 212, I believe. 212. So almost um, 100 more than he had in his rookie season. Yeah. I mean, because who else is getting the ball? No, no. I'm just, I just, it's just context. I'm just providing no, context not, to the not, listeners. Not, yeah, I'm, I'm not, so I'm almost not. 100 more carries. And he was only a 3.7 yard per attempt guy well, that's what I'm saying. in his yeah, rookie if season. You, if you did the quick math and you had 212 carries, 807 yards, it's not a fun number. Like, let's be honest. Like, that's not a fun number. I'm probably staying away because, uh, but I will admit that like 650 is not a big mark to clear. Like on a per game basis, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do the mathematics here. Okay. In a 17 game regular season, that's 38.26 yards per game. I mean, that's not a lot. I know, but the Tampa Bay running game was abysmal last year. And it's going to be abysmal this year. So I don't love it. And they're, they were at least competitive at times last year. And they're going to be the opposite this year. They're not going to be competitive very often this year. I'm okay if you want to take the over on yards, just because it is very, very It low. is low. I just, I can't but, endorse it. I'm, we'll, we'll not be taken in the draft. Am I going to have any fun betting on this, Chris? No. That's why I probably won't. Am I, going to, yeah. am I going to enjoy this at all? The fun principle. I don't think I'm going to enjoy the, it. The prospects and props fun betting principle. Okay. Would I enjoy betting on this? If the answer is no, then don't do it. And look, the other concern I have too is I don't think Rashad White's a particularly effective runner. In oh, three point seven like, yards per attempt. Yeah, and and I don't think that's going to get a lot better. Like that's not his calling. Card. He might get to three point nine. You and I watched him a lot because of the ASU background. Yeah, he's fine. So uh, he's a fine player, and he's he he is the perfect player to play the role he played last year late in the season. But I don't think he's a lead back, and we'll see. Uh, I, I I but I, here's the one thing I would definitely do if you want to bet on this one. Wait. Because my concern would be is they add back late here. That ah, that's where Dalvin Cook's going to end up. Got it. It's going to go to Tampa. Got it. 
I see what you're doing there. I take whatever the hell Miami's offering before I go to Tampa. <laughs> I don't care what I don't care if it's low. I'm taking whatever Miami's offering. Miles Sanders, the next name up for us to discuss. We've got Miles Sanders and one more player. Uh, Miles Sanders, new running back for the Carolina Panthers, 925 and a half on the yards, no prop on the touchdowns. Yeah. Um, Jamie's only hit this once in his career. Yeah. Uh, and it was, this is, this is a brisk jog to the, to the window. For oh, me. it's a, it's like a, uh, an Olympic speed walk to the, to the yeah. bat window. Yeah. Really? Uh, Miles Sanders is one of the most underappreciated running backs in the NFL. Okay. Well, hold on now. Cause you didn't let me do, you didn't let me do my por- my portion of the show here. You're right. I'm sorry. I, I ran right over you because he's only hit this number once and it was last mm-hmm. year. So that would be, that is a, if I, if I were to push back, I agree with you. I'm also brisk jogging to the podium for this number for Miles Sanders. Yep. But if I was to push back, I would say, Christian Jamie, he's only done this once and it was last year in one of the most prolific offenses that we've seen in the National Football League in a really long time. And if you made that argument, I don't really have a counter to you. But I will say, I love a lot of what this Carolina coaching staff on offense is going to do this year. I love the way this staff's put together. And the reality of the situation is this is the, the reason why he put up these numbers last year it's because he finally got the workload. Well, 259 carries. More, he had never had more than 179 carries in a season. He and had over 120 he, carries more than 2021. Yes. But he's been very effective with literally since he walked into the league. Also, it's very hard to do what Miles Sanders did in 2021, which was play in 12 games, have 137 carries, and not score a touchdown. Well, if you remember, that was the running joke. Well, Boston like, Scott stole all his touchdowns. Yeah, there was like yeah. that weird run there where he wasn't scoring touchdowns, but he's always had to split. And I thought he was always splitting carries with backs that weren't as good as him for the most part. Now, and, the concern I would have here is he did see a big dip in his yards per attempt with the increased workload. He went from five sure. from being around the 5.4 mark to being all the way down at 4.9 with the increased workload. But I think that's reasonable to expect. Like if he had dropped to 4.3 or 4.4 or something, I'd be, like, be concerned. But it's really tough to make. I mean, unless you're Nick Chubb, it's really tough, <laughs> which I, uh, which we've talked about on, on previous shows. But like, it's really tough to maintain an average over five when you start to get into the 200 carry mark. Like it just, it just, it just, it's extremely difficult. So him still being able to maintain 4.9 doesn't concern me whatsoever. I, I think this is going to be the true breakout year. For, I, I would argue last year was the true breakout year for Miles Sanders, but his hype got lost in the shuffle of what that J- Jalen Hurts-led offense was. Mm-hmm. And obviously having A.J. Brown come in and Devonta Smith having another good year, and we lost that. He has had this inside of him his entire career, but he's always had to split carries, in my again, in my opinion, with lesser backs. He's not going to have to do that this year. He's going to be the lead guy. Yes, the the work, you know, Chuba Hubbard will get a little work here, there, blah, blah, blah. But he's going to be the lead guy in Carolina. I think they're going to lean on him. And I'm really excited for his season. I have him getting 255 carries this year, 1,250 yards, 8.7 touchdowns. Yeah, we might fight over this one. I, I like this one a lot. Yeah, we and might, we might fight I would over this argue one. going back to yesterday's show. Okay. That this is an element going back to his early part of his career that would ha- add additional level of concern for Travis Etienne this year of the penchant for Doug Peterson ah, to use multiple backs. Yes. Even, even if they're worse. Skill difference yeah. between backs one and two. It's a great two. point. So this is just kind of the precursor for that, or I guess the, the addendum to that conversation that we had on the last show about why the concerns we have about that prop aren't about the talent that Travis Etienne has, but the situation that he's found himself in this year. All right. I'm ready. I got the elbows out. Oh boy. I got the elbows out. I'm ready. I think we're going to fight over this. 
Okay, well, I mean, we're going to fight over guys not even in the NFL right now. I mean, he is in the NFL right now. He just has not officially put his name oh, on. Is he under contract in the NFL right now, Chris? Yes or no? Technically, I think the answer is no, sure. but I don't. I don't know how sure. that works. I think uh, technically, yeah, he didn't retire. Yeah. But yeah, you, but yes, Giants, Saquon, Giants running back Saquon Barkley. Where, where if you are longtime listeners of anything that Jamie and I have done, you know that Saquon Barkley is is always is, a is, is a player that is always at the center of conversation for us. All right, so, Chris, can I break the fourth wall for a second? One thousand percent. Please go right ahead. This is the last player that we're going to discuss in our running back. Okay, it is. And I set him here specifically. Okay, because I expected to return to the to North America and him have a contract already or something solved already, and that way we could talk about this with no auxiliary things out there. Well, Jamie, do you want to move him into it's the, into the end of the wide receiver show? <laughs> and we have no resolution. Thousand and a half are the yards. He does not have a touchdown prop on the board, maybe because he's not signed a contract with his team. It's probably the reason why that's not on the board. Look, uh, Jamie, this is simple for me. This is simple. If Saquon Barkley is healthy, which he is, right? If, if he had to go to the doctor and check a box, are you currently healthy? The answer would be yes for Saquon Barkley. Why would he, you have to go to the doctor to check a box he's, if you're healthy? No, I, what I meant like, is like when you go to the do not. when you go to the doctor's office, they ask like, you know, are you a smoker? It's like have going you to a restaurant, Chris, and checking a box. Are you hungry? Like, right. why but, the F are you there? Well, then there you go. But uh, what I'm saying is, if he was required to answer the question, are you healthy? Yes or no? The answer is yes. There's nothing going on with Saquon Barkley right now. That's the point I was Correct. making. He's a thousand yard rusher if he's healthy. Correct. So he's healthy. So take the over. This is simple. This is, yeah. But what if he sits out games? Like this, okay, well, this is the entire conversation because look, I, I did not project him to sit out in my, in my rankings and I have him at 1287 yards and 8.6 touchdowns. So that, that's where I have him there. Cool. Way over the number. The reason why this is down at a thousand is because do we think that Saquon sits any NFL games? Do we think it's holdout at any point last? Because it's July 12th. It I is. believe the date. I, I'll pull it up. I saw it earlier. Is it this, this week? week? Is it this week? I think it's the beginning of next week, program? but I, I'll look. While you're talking, I'll look. Oh, it might be the 17th. 17th feels right. Well, you're supposed there, to talk while I look date. it up. Yeah, so there, there's a hard date to, if you want to sign a long-term contract, if for franchise tag players, you have to sign it by this date or your only options are to play under the tag or sit out. So we are getting rapidly close to the date that Chris is looking up right now that I'm a little surprised he hasn't got it's, to yet. So it's I'm one week from it. it's one week from the 10th. So the 17th, you are correct. OK, so OK, that, lucky enough, I just that that date popped in my head. So the 17th, we are five days away from this. If no long term deal is done, which as of again, Things can change quickly, and you know what they say: deadline spur action. So let we'll we'll talk on our, our shows next week about this. But if no deal gets done, and no, I don't think Saquon Barkley is going to sit out the entire season. I think the Le'Veon Bell experiment has absolutely poisoned that for anybody that wants to do it. But it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to play Week One. They have until if I'm la last I checked, and I don't think this changed when they added the game. I believe they have until Week Ten to sign their tag and play. Or else they miss the rest of the season. It's like the, so they, that they sounds right. Miss any any games up until week ten, and if they have not signed a contract, signed their tag by week ten, they are not eligible to play that season at all. Right. We haven't seen a case in a while of of a player holding out a small number of actual games. We see guys holding out preseason and training camp and stuff. But we Jesse Bates. Once Jesse Bates was the big name last year. He sat out yeah. like the first the beginning of training camp in a preseason game, but he was there ready to go by the time the season started. 
but I am I am very intrigued by what Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs are going to do. Well, technically, because... Tony Pollard can sign a long-term extension, but yes, he signed his tag, so yeah, he's not no, going. No, but, but 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 I mean, in terms of if they're going to hold out regular season games or not. Yeah, I, I, Tony I, Pollard can't do that. He signed his contract. Right. I think this is. Contract. I think this is pretty clear, though, Jamie. The Giants can't afford to start Week One without Saquon Barkley. This is going to get done. Now, the problem is, is I, it doesn't get done by Monday. But then the Giants don't have a choice. They cannot want to get him done. Like there's there's no contract wiggle room at that point. Sure, but done by Monday. But and again, it's 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 easy for me to sit here with the bravado that I just did and say it's going to get done. Right, it, it, much easier said than done. But and to to be fair, Chris, more often than not in these situations, they do get done. But. We we did this. We had this exact conversation debating Saquon Barkley and Josh Jacobs. And you and I both said that Saquon Barkley is more important to the success of the New York Giants in 2023 than Josh Jacobs is. And so that's the more likely deal to get done because there's more urgency on the team side of things. If Josh Jacobs wants to hold out, the Raiders, the Raiders will be like, all right, dude, you want to hold out? That's on you. Like we don't we're not really factoring you, you into our long term plans anyway. Saquon Barkley is the Giants offense. No offense to Daniel Jones, who they just gave $40 million to. If they walk into 2023, Jamie, with Daniel Jones and is Wayne Gallman still the backup running back? They have Eric Gray there as well. No, they're uh, Breida. So, okay, we got Matt Breida and Eric Gray as the top options at the running back position for the New York Giants in 2023. That's not great. Matt Breida, Eric, Eric Gray, Gary Brightwell, Deshaun Corbett is the running back room after Saquon Barkley for the New York Giants. They can't do it. They can't walk into a year where they're probably the third best team in their division based on what they just did last year and all the expectations that are going to be on that team. After you just gave Daniel Jones $40 million, you can't walk into week one of the regular season with Saquon Barkley not signed. You can't do it. He's too important to your offense. We've talked about the inefficiencies that they have at the wide receiver group. We like Darren Waller. We like uh, Paris Campbell. You and I love Sterling Shepard. We've been huge supporters of what they've done. We're a believer in what they're doing there. But Saquon Barkley is the straw that stirs the drink there in New York. They they need him on this team. So I just don't see a scenario where they let the 17th come and go, and they don't have him with a long-term deal. So, ergo, I think he plays week one, and if he's healthy, he's a 1,000-yard rusher, so I am speed-walking to the, to the bet window. Enjoy. I'm not, I'm not putting my money down until I know if he's playing a full season or not. Or at least has the, uh, excuse me, at least until I know he has the eligibility to play a full season. You think season. this number changes if he signs? Absolutely, it does. What do you think it goes to? 11. It goes to 1,100. It goes to 1,100. I still have the over on that. He's done it, I don't he's done it twice. Much. He did it in his rookie so, year and he did it last year. I guess this is, again, is like, are you, you know, are you feeling lucky? Yeah. Is, because, it, is, is this a gamble you're willing to take? Now, I think for us on the show, what by the time we do the props draft, this will resolve itself. And so we'll have a new number for this. So we yeah. won't have to make that that concern. But if there are people out here that listen to the show and they immediately take our advice and go do things with it, this is one I would probably wait. One, on. I apologize. Yeah, what? Well, hold on. You don't know that yet. We haven't we haven't we haven't tracked our results for an entire year no, no, yet no. on the show. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I obviously we're trying to predict the future and it's you you can never do that. But I feel really confident in my projections. I know I'm not going to be 100% right because, like I said on the last show, if I was, then I'd be a millionaire and I wouldn't be doing this with you wouldn't and I wouldn't associate me. myself with somebody of your caliber. Right. But um, it, it's, it's, I think, the best potential option for us as we start to look at these is, and again, it goes back for those that maybe have not are listening out of order or haven't listened to like the fantasy shows. These all come back to 
projecting workload, projecting passing volume, rushing volume, offensive trends of the last three years, target shares, rushing shares, all that other stuff that comes into it. So I think it's a pretty decent uh, baseline for us to kind of go, okay, where do we feel like the market is incorrect uh, on these totals? But I will say this to your point, Chris, what, what, what's the commercial? This is like fortune favors the bold or whatever that the, the casinos are. There's a casino in Arizona that always did this. Oh, the, the, it, it, it's, it's the Gila River Casinos. Fortune favors the bold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A bunch of people that look very happy and yeah. with their $30 drinks or whatever. If you feel like, yeah, there's, there's no way the Giants go in the season without getting this deal done with Saquon Barkley, then there's value. Yep. I think there's so. Value right now on this, on this bet, I'm just going to be like, I'm going to sit back and wait because I, I'm more risk averse when it comes to season long stuff because my money is being tied up for a long period of time. The two years in which Saquon Barkley didn't hit this number of a thousand yards was the year he played in two games and got hurt. And then it was the year he returned from the injury. And if there's one thing that you can take away from this show is we always talk about when it comes to severe knee injuries or lower body injuries to running backs. That first year back, you don't put a lot of stock into. And that yep. first year back, people freaked out because they thought Saquon Barkley was never going to be the same running back again. He just needed to get his sea legs underneath him because he exploded last year and was back to the player that he was in his rookie season. So I'm all in on this because I think he's going to be on the team week one. I don't see a scenario where he sits out. So if you're interested, if you like if you like risky plays like that, then I think this is one, this is one for you. But that is it for us when it comes to the running back group here on our props discussions shows. But don't worry. Don't fret. We've got wide receivers starting tomorrow. Five groups of wide receivers. And each group's got about 40 guys in it. So we're going to be here yes. for a while. Also, we're going to start off hot in tomorrow's show. Justin Jefferson is going to be one. Is the first receiver. He is the talk. first name on the list. I'm looking at the list here in front of me. He's the first name we're going to discuss. We're going to start off hot. So you yeah. do not want to miss it. Five, five episodes of wide receivers. And we're going to do a tight end only episode as well. So that is coming down the pike. So there's a lot of props that we're going to get to you. Six shows worth of props. Takes on takes is going to be there in the middle somewhere. Sure. Twice in the middle somewhere. Really exciting uh, lineup of shows here as we get deeper into July and closer to training camp. Yeah. And so while you're waiting for the wide receiver show to drop tomorrow, do us a favor, rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, share the show. We greatly do appreciate it. You've got the YouTube version of the show. Uh, over on the Draft Network YouTube channel. Uh, give the video a thumbs up, comment, subscribe, turn on the notification bell so you know when new videos and new live streams drop. Uh, we've got stuff going up every day on the platform. We greatly appreciate it if you'd hang out with us out over there. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Schubert underscore. You can follow Jamie on Twitter at Jamie Eisner. Day two of me trying to get Jamie Eisner on threads. It has not worked uh, yet. He is still not joined, but we will keep you updated on the progress of that uh, throughout the rest of the summer. But that's going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. We'll talk to you all again tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.